Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking sports locally and nationally. Join the conversation on our social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome back to another edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. I am your host, Ken M. Joining me in studio, as always, it's Padawan J. Hello there. And also your coach, my coach, the coach, getting ready to talk some NFL football, more importantly, the New York Giants uh, State of the Union, so to speak, Coach Duffy. Let me kick up on the therapy couch here. We'll say we're renaming the show. It's no longer the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. It is the New York Giants Parlay Hour. Yes, I Doctor, don't know. let me tell you a story. I, nah. I have no idea how that hashtag is going to work out, so uh, come to your own discretions on that. Last episode, we were talking about the AFC division. It is our NFL season preview episodes. So going into the NFC as we are, we definitely want to interact with you. Hit us up on the hashtag, hashtag ODPH. Join in the conversation on our social media pages. You can find them on OchoDuroParleyHour.com. And let's go right into it, folks. It's NFC division talk, and it is the NFC East Coach, the mic is yours. Okay, so let's finish. We'll, we'll go with where they finished last year. So obviously we had the Dallas Cowboys winning the division. We had Philadelphia finishing second. I mean, then the Giants and Washington finished wherever. Cause Washington garbage. Finished, Washington finished third, and the New York Giants finished in the last. Oh, uh, yeah. All right. Well, I forgot that part. I mean, this is a on paper, this is a really bad division. And yeah. so, somebody has to win it by default. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... There has to be a winner. This ha- there has to be a winner. And I guess, I mean, yeah, I'll go right into it. The Giants are going to suck. They're going to be terrible. Defensively, they're going to be garbage. Offensively, they're going to be just as bad. I mean, you got Golden Tate down for the first four games. Yep. So you have literally Russell. Yeah, you have Shepard as your as your only wide receiver right now. Um, I I, I can't even begin to go into what this team is doing. You know, Gettleman in the offseason says, we're not going to sign Odell Beckham to trade him. And then you trade him. Then you have the sixth pick in the draft, and you're staring at arguably one of the best defensive ends in the draft in Josh Allen. You select the quarterback. You know, you trade your best t- defensive tackle in Snacks Harrison last year for a fifth-round pick. Then you go in the 17th pick that you got from Cleveland. And you go and get a defensive tackle. So you mean to tell me that Snacks Harrison couldn't gotten you you know, a better pick than a fifth-round pick? Yeah. Makes no sense to me. Then you trade up in the first round to draft a corner and then flip on the third round and get another corner, albeit from Notre Dame and Julian Love, who they're moving to safety, a position he's never played before. Literally, arguably last year he was one of the best cover corners in all of college football right there with DeAndre Baker. And then you move him to safety, which, all right, I guess his foot speed isn't necessarily the best in for the NFL, but he was the cover corner at Notre Dame. He covered the field. So he had to have some foot speed because he covered the field for uh-huh. Notre Dame. And Notre Dame doesn't run a traditional defense where it's, you know, your corner plays right or left. They have corners that play the field, and they have the corner that plays the boundary. So for your guy to cover the field, that means he's on the wide side of the field. Way more to cover. Listen, I this team is going to be staring at you know a four and twelve record, a three and thirteen record, and it's all going to be when when does Daniel Jones come in? Yeah, and really, honestly, I'm sick of hearing it. They, I mean, here the, the, the Daniel Jones to me is the equivalent of Roman Reigns for WWE fans. He just got pushed and shoved down your throat to the point where it's enough already. 
And I don't care whether you're on his side or not on his side. I want him to be successful, but at the same rate, you don't need to show me a throw in, from 7-on-7 seven seven when they have a skeleton defense in about how perfect his swing pass is. I mean, realistically, you, you, you look at it on paper, there's no reason that Daniel Jones should start over Eli Manning. I mean, you look at his career stats, 55, almost 56,000 yards, 360 touchdowns, two Super Bowls, you know, and he had that... that career started streak that lasted god knows how many years so on paper you look at it there should be no reason that daniel jones starts over him but you also got to look at it with what happened in in last year and, and like you mentioned the abysmal record and just you look at how they started out the gate where you know they were they were one in four by the time they got out of the first month of the season looking at their schedule this year they open at dallas uh week one buffalo in buffalo or excuse me at home against buffalo week two in Tampa Bay week three, and then at home against Washington week four. I mean, if they have another similar start to like they had last year, back page of the New York papers are going to be screaming for Daniel Jones to start. I mean, this is what I don't get. This is the thing that I don't understand. You have uh, the weakness right now in pass rushing. You know that you, I mean, you already traded Olivier Vernon. You have no pass rushing. You finished last in sacks last year. Josh Allen's right there in front of your face. You let him go, whatever, okay. But then you're sitting here and now you're talking about the fact that this coming draft, because you're going to have a bad team, mm-hmm. you have Jake Fromm, Tua Tailoa, and Herbert out of Oregon. You have three really good quarterbacks that are going to be available in this draft that you're going to be able to select because you're going to be a top five pick. Yeah. And you pick Daniel Jones at six. So what are you going to do next year when you have those guys in your face? Because you can't pick them. Because then you're going to look real. I mean, Gettleman would look like a moron if then you go into next draft. That would be worse than when Detroit took three straight wide receivers. I mean, if you take a quarterback next year. No, well, the only thing comparable is Arizona. Yeah. Taking Kyler Murray after you went all in on Josh Rosen. But there was a coaching change, so there was that BS, so there's that whole situation. But, I mean, you're sitting here and you're going to – you have what you need. And that's beside the point because then you draft Daniel Jones 6, but then you sit here and you say, Eli's my guy, Eli's my guy, Eli's my guy. He's the starting quarterback. Then why select Jones when next year you're going to have – because Fromm's a better quarterback than Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. I don't I – don't, I, I, Jake Fromm's great. I love him. Tua is a winner. Obviously, he got benched last year for Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is going to be in the draft next year, too. So, yeah. I mean, you've got four really good quarterbacks, and then you select Daniel Jones. Yeah. There's, there's no easy road for the Giants to have a good record this season. I mean, you, you look at their schedule. There's no e- there's no stretch of games you can look at and go, all right, these three, four games, they'll win at least two of them. There's a chance they'll pull out a third one, and but there's one in there. You know what? They'll lose. I mean, okay, yeah. They've got Arizona Week 7. Uh, it, they're playing Arizona at home Week 7. But after that, they travel to Detroit Week 8, and then they play Dallas Week 9 and the Jets Week 10. Okay, they got their bye week Week 11. They come out the bye week and they got to play Chicago, Green Bay, and Philly. I, I just... It's so perplexed. Like, I don't understand what, what they're doing. They say that there's a game plan, but you can't see it. You mean they're not watching the tape? I mean, they're not watching anything. <laughs> they're not watching tape. They're not watching... I mean, they're not watching anything. Because you sit here and then you trade Odell Beckham. You have a void at wide receiver. Yeah. Okay, sure, you signed Golden Tate, who's a slot receiver, and not an outside, not an X or a Y. And then you have DK Metcalf sitting there while you're drafting at 17, and you pick a defensive tackle that you don't need. 
it literally is. So when we talk about Dorsey and what he's doing in Cleveland and building a franchise, and then you look at Gettleman, who's just like, you know, that joke from South Park where they were talking about how the Simpsons make episodes and they just throw things at the wall, you know, in the sea, in the whatever mon- water animals throw balls at them, to, and that's how they write episodes. That's what Gettleman's doing as a general manager. He's just like, uh, let's f- see if it sticks. Oh, let's sign gold tape. Perfect. The ball landed. Yeah, there's just so much uncertainty. Even though it's I was not even uncertain. It's just there's so many. Just what are you doing? But the hype videos. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> hey. Listen. Uh, you know, Dan- Daniel Jones throw a great 17 yard pass with no defense on the wide receiver. Well, Fantastic. So, well, listen, he's real good at checkdowns. Yeah. Oh, I mean, hey, he went five for. Did you guys know that he went five for five against the Jets? I, no. Uh, now hold on. He did go five for five against the second string defense, but let's not talk about that. He went five for five against the Jets. Did you guys know that he went seven to nine last week and threw a touchdown? I mean, he had two fumbles, but let's talk about that one touchdown pass. It was on, it was on the hype video, so I, I mean, I, yeah. I I seriously, you have guys coming out right now. Like the hi- the hype is so bad that there's literally guys coming out saying these throws that he's making. I mean, the timing and the, and the the way that these passes are coming. Guys like Tom Brady can't even make those throws. Bull shiitake mushrooms that he can't. I mean, it's it's dumb. It's dumb. It's dumb. It's stupid. The it's only, ridiculous. The only bright side on the Giants right now is Saquon Barkley. This but, is true. But but, but I, I like to call him Saquon Sanders because that's what his career is going to be like. He's going to be on bad teams for a long time and get buried there, just like Barry Sanders did. And yeah. it's not fair. No, it's not. Because this kid could be and beat Emmett Smith's records. If he had a team in front of him that he could do it with. If he had an offensive line, but he doesn't. I mean, that's the other thing, too, is God forbid he gets injured. There's not exactly any bright, shining hope behind him. I, it's just it's ridiculous because you have this kid that could carry and get 40 touches a game, and he's not going to be able to get him because they a, either A, can't get him the ball, or B, can't get him in space. Yeah. Now, the offensive line's going to be a little bit better this year, thank God. Mm-hmm. So you've only been screaming about that for two years. I, I mean, yeah, they addressed that a little bit. But it's still not going to be enough to get Saquon, you know, a hundred a hundred yards per game, which is what he should be averaging. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of question marks for New York, a lot of them. I feel and that felt therapeutic. I, I know I've done that a lot, but that felt good. I and the rest of the division's terrible. If we ever do, I mean, if we ever do Patreon, we got to just have you just ranting on the Giants for that <laughs> a, a weekly. I mean, I really weekly. should. Yeah, I, I know. I it might for come the, the Giants. And I mean, listen, I don't want to sh- just trash on the kid because it's the easy thing to do. Like, obviously, I'm a you know, I'm a Giants fan. I want him to be successful. Yeah. But at the same time, you cannot sit here and have your market team and your media team be like, listen, we need to pump him up with as much positivity as we can because our fan base is literally loathing this kid That to the point where it's like it's too much. Yeah. Well, it's just considering how messy the divorce was last year and with how – Eli was treated, you know, with the with the former regime, and I know with Schumer taking over as head coach, he's got to have some time to work. But it was just like I said, last season was just so messy. And you know, and to be fair, I like Schumer, mm. and he's not getting a share fake either because Gettleman's killing him. Gettleman's going to get him fired. Yeah. So I mean, you can only just say there's just so much uncertainty with the Giants that I mean, really, what bright spot is there other than Barkley on your fantasy teams and maybe Evan Ingram? You know, really. I mean, the, yeah, that's. Be, Taken over, over for the Odell Beckham void. Well, he played better with Odell out of the lineup. So, I mean, that's something that you got to think about. But now without Golden Tate in the lineup for the first four weeks, I mean, somebody's got to catch the ball. Yeah, I'm banking on being Evan Ingram. That's why I picked him so early in our draft that mm-hmm. we had. 
Um, Stolen from me. I did. But, I mean, ultimately, this team's going to finish 4-12 and if they're lucky. Yeah. And, I mean, and then on the flip side of it, I mean, then you talk about that first week one game against Dallas. They've got question marks of the of their own. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, mean, if you want to talk about uncertainty and question marks, yeah. Dallas has got the biggest ones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you go and you sign a linebacker, Jalen Smith, another Nordame guy, for $54 million over five years, but then you're sitting here and now you've got your running back and quarterback saying, pay me. Yeah. That's not a good look. Oh, so you got your running back, Ezekiel Elliott, who, as we sit here recording, you know, in the middle of August, is still, you know, sitting here, hasn't reported, hasn't shown up. So at this point, isn't playing, and their backup is the rookie Tony Pollard. So not exactly striking fear into me if I'm an opposing defense. That's gonna that could be one of the Giants' wins. It <laughs> yeah. could be, but on the flip side, you know they've still got Amari Cooper. They picked up Randall Cobb at wide receiver. Jason Witten is came down from the Monday Night Football booth and is playing another season. What he'll get, you'll get out of him. Who's to really say? You know, but it is Jason Witten, so you know I expect the work ethic to still be there. Dak is at least still there. So, but like you said, you know, you know Ezekiel Elliott being not being there is kind of a big question mark. With him not being there and now it being another money issue, and we have the potential here for this turning into another Le'Veon Bell situation. Yeah, I, uh-huh. I, full, I fully see Ezekiel t- taking that route because I think what he's doing right now and what Mel, uh, Gordon's doing in Los Angeles is who's going to get who's going to break first and who's going to get paid what because I want to get paid more than he does. Yeah. So now you sit and you go, okay, what what's going to be the status quo here in the, with Dallas? Everybody's focusing on money instead of the team. I'll say the only saving grace they might have at wide receivers, they do have Tavon Austin, who's got some running experience. He's got running experience. <laughs> is, is, it, is, it, is it Ezekiel Elliott? No, but eh. no, but I mean he's. Yeah, I mean he, he's he, in the wrong system. That guy's got to get to New England somehow, some way. <laughs> yeah, if he oh ever winds God. up there, he'd be Could a superstar. Could you imagine? No. Him in that offense with the way that oh they my, run the slot. Oh my god! No, good I, I, god, I don't want to think that because he, he put up like 150 yards a game. Oh my the Bills. god! I know. And Padawan here is like foaming in had, the mouth. At that he had idea. like 15 catches for 120 yards. Good, gotta, because he'd be catching two yard passes. I got to send a Raven to the wall. Uh, the King of the North needs to do something. Yeah, yeah. Watch. I swear, if this happens. Pat's gonna come down here with a Austin Patriots jersey in a heartbeat. I mean, he's gonna. And listen, Dallas is gonna have a long year too because. If this if these contract disputes continue into the offseason, it's going to be a headache. And Pittsburgh saw it. Yeah. And Pittsburgh fans can tell you what it was like yeah. because it wasn't a lot of fun. I mean, looking at their schedule out the gate, uh, they opened, like we said, opening against the Giants in week one. Week two, they travel to Washington. Week three, they play Miami at home. And then week four, they travel to New Orleans. So luckily, they could be 3-1. and one. Yeah. But on the flip side of that, they could also be 1-4. One, one mm-hmm. Or 1-3, I should say. They got an interesting end of the season, too, now that I look at it. Uh, week 15, they play the L.A. Rams. Week 16, they uh, play the Phillies at home, and in Philly, I should say. And then they close out the season at home against the Washington Redskins. I mean, that's a win Yeah, against Should Washington. Be. Should be. But that Philly game is going to be a good game because now they're riding Carson Wentz the entire way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, there's so much they can you know wind up doing there with especially Philly you, as you're bringing them up I mean Philly is going to have the most transition I think of anybody yeah because you don't have that security blanket with Nick Folds anymore no nope. so what do you have with Wentz I mean this is going to be the ultimate question I mean that's uh, we talked you know in the AFC show about that AFC South division with three quarterbacks that if any one of them go down then that team's going to fall apart and right now that's Philly because if Carson yeah. Wentz can't stay healthy and you're talking about, you know, the potential backup of Cody Kessler. Oh, my who, Lord. Who, mind you, didn't 
you know, play awful in Cleveland necessarily, but like obviously he's not going to he's be not Nick Foles. Yeah, he's it's, he's it's not like, Nick Foles. It's like losing a twenty and you find a dollar bill. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Philly has done enough to uh, to kind of balance out too. I mean, they got Jordan Howard, so now no, I mean they got weapons. They yeah. got they got the Sean Jackson. Sean Jackson's back, which I mean, if you're a Philly fan, you got to be ecstatic. N- about Nelson that. Nelson Aguilar, Deshaun Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, excuse me, and Alshon Jeffrey as their wide receiving core. Holy crap! I mean, that's deep it, threat it, after he, deep threat. And, after and deep threat. let's not forget, you still got Zach Ertz. Yeah. yeah, they should be fine as long as Wentz can stay healthy. I mean, as long and. Even even if he goes down and Cody Kessler does have to come in, now, mind you, if he is the back, you know, ends up winning the second job, that division's so bad that they can still win it. Mm-hmm. I you only need to be eight and eight to win this division. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's anybody's guess to win here. Yeah. I mean, by far, because you take a look. We talked the Giants. We talked Dallas. We talked Philly. What can you say about Washington? Nothing. Hey, hey. You can't say anything. Hey, it ain't you can gonna be say good. you can say Dwayne Haskins. Well, because I mean I know how well Daniel Jones played. I also know how bad Dwayne Haskins played in that first preseason game. Right. Yeah. I mean I think this year's quarterback class is one of the weaker ones on record. Yeah. I mean so far. I mean time we, will we, time could, we could be wrong. Time will tell. I mean listen, next year's class I say argue uh, rivals that John Elway, Dan Marino, you know, that quarterback camp. Obviously I'm not saying that they're going to be that successful. I'm just saying like the the pedigree that they had in college mm. is up there with the level that those guys had coming out of college as well. Yeah. Right. I mean Tua had potentially could win two national championships. Fromm is going to be one of the only quarterbacks to beat Alabama in a SEC championship game which goes to show how well he played. Um, you know, so whatever. And then, yeah, Washington. They're also going to be in a position now where they draft Wayne Haskins. Yeah. They're going to be a top-ten pick. Say, and they're going to be looking at a quarterback in the face, too. I'll say potentially the only bright spot on that offense is Adrian Peterson? Question mark. Yeah, I mean, I mean. If he stays healthy? Hey, they signed Eric Flowers. Yeah. Yeah, enough, <laughs> enough said there. I mean, yeah. honestly. I mean, Derek Ice is not healthy enough to come back yet. So with him not being in that lineup, it's all on Adrian Peterson. But you're not talking the Adrian Peterson that was dominant in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. No. You're, you're talking about one that is adequate now at this stage in his career. But I mean, you, you're talking about an Adrian Peterson who needs a two. Yeah. yeah, you can't you can't just have him be your one and your one A. You got to have a one and a one B with him. Yeah, start out the season. Of course, they open at Philly in Week One. Week Two is against Dallas. Week Three is against Chicago, and then Week Four is against the Giants. So going in with that, coach, who is your picks? I mean, it's Philly, Dallas, Washington, the Giants, and but, I think the Washington, the Giants can easily be tied for last place. Uh, yeah, I got the same. I got the same thing going. You know, Philly's going to outright win it. You know, Dallas, they might contend for it, but I think that all depends on if they get Ezekiel Elliott back. I think if they get Ezekiel Elliott back, then we're talking about a whole new ball game in terms of who can win this division. But as it stands right now, with Ezekiel Elliott not there and no end in sight for him showing up, you know, it's it's Philly's division I, division to win. I don't even think their defense is good enough that if Ezekiel Elliott comes back, they can make up, you know, the ground right. that Philly will have because their, their defense is bad too. Because they're investing all this money offensively. That's true. For me, it, it, it should be Phillies to win. Philly has the most talent, I think. Phillies to lose. But it's it's. It, <laughs> oh yeah, it's. The, <laughs> I mean, uh, sorry. Let me backtrack. <laughs> it's Phillies to lose. They should win outright because there's nobody else who can cont- contend in yeah. that division. That's the thing. They should. This this shouldn't even be a, a brainer mm-hmm. by any means. But Dallas could sneak in there if Wentz gets hurt and if they get Elliott back early. Like, yeah, if Wentz, I mean, obviously this is all 
Wentz, question mark. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, I hate saying that, too, but, you know, you have to look at it. He hasn't been able to stay healthy, and if he's not healthy, you don't have that backup. I don't think he's played. I mean, I might be wrong here, but I don't think Wentz has played more than 12 games in a year. No, I don't. Somewhere around there. That's pretty bad. Yeah, so when you start factoring that in the equation, I mean, you, you start walking on some very, very questionable water. And I, to be honest with you, I don't know how that pans out. I really don't. But we're going to have to kind of wait and see on that. So if Philly can stay healthy, they'll win this outright. If they don't, it's Dallas's. I think the Giants will somehow get third place in this, and I'm just going to go on a Watch your mouth. I, I, don't, I don't know how. <laughs> I think that maybe Barkley is going to have two career games against Washington, and that's going to be the tiebreaker against them. <laughs> just yeah. Be, just, just, hey, I mean, Tiki Barber did it. I mean, just because with the Redskins, I just don't see it how they're going to be able to pull it off. I think they'll 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 hang and contend, but I just think overall, I mean, nobody on that offensive side of the ball is really jumping at me. And Haskins, right. I mean, he's I not ready the, yet. I think the thing is, Washington has a very good defense now because they got Landon Collins and DRC, both who left the Giants, and you know they obviously already had a really good secondary in place before that. You know, even with as abysmal as their offense is going to be, mm. you know. They might be able to cause a turnover or two and score mm-hmm. a touchdown off of that and win a game. Yeah. So I mean, anything is possible with that. And like I said, it should be Phillies outright. But I mean, this this yeah, this is literally the worst division in football. Oh yeah, by oh, yeah. far. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was almost going to say the NFC West, but no, no. I can't. No, I, you can't. I, I, I have mean, to say it's this one. Denver and Oakland are bad. Yeah. The Giants and Washington are real bad. Yeah, the AFC West is pretty bad. The NFC West, I think, was going to be pretty bad, too. But the A- NFC East is taking the cake right now, in my opinion. Uh-huh. Yep. But let us know what you think. Hit us up on that hashtag. Hashtag ODPH. What is your thoughts on the NFC East? We're going to take a quick break, come back, and talk a little more football with you. What's up, nerds? And my name is Rich. And I'm Derek. And together, we're two-thirds of the Three Fat Nerds Podcast, and we're here to tell you about a convention that we are actually sponsoring in Oneonta, New York. On October 4th and 5th, in Oneonta, New York, at the Oneonta Foothills Performing Arts Center, Sci-Fi and Horror Fest will take place. And at Sci-Fi and Horror Fest, you can see Courtney Gaines, star of Children of the Corn. And the paranormal heartthrob, Dustin Parra. And of Jill Whitlow, who is in a movie that you really like, right? The greatest comedy of all time, Mask. How did he fit into that Dodgers cap? Of course, will you, there's be a ton of more other people. Of course, our friend Rusty Gilligan will be there. Len Oddity will be there. And of course, our favorite MVPs of Sci-Fi Horror Fest, Freestyle Confections, giving you all those tasty treats. All that and so much more. Uh, tickets start at $10 for the weekend, $6 for one day. You can get your tickets at SciFiHorrorFest.com. And please follow them on Facebook, Sci-Fi Horror Fest. We hope to see you in Oneana on October 4th and 5th for Sci-Fi Horror Fest. Coming back for the second segment on this edition of the ODPH, we're giving the NFL preview of the NFC division. We talked at great lengths about the NFC East. I feel better. Yes. I, we can That's move good. on. Coach, we co- can move on. Coach Coach said we could talk about some other teams in the NFC East, or NFC, rather, not the NFC East. He said that's off limits now. Daniel Jones. Okay, I'm good. All right, he's good. <laughs> All right, we're good. So let's talk about the NFC South, yes. shall we? So last year in the NFC South, we had the New Orleans Saints winning the division. In 
after that, we had a tie for second place or third place, depending on how you view it, with the Carolina Panthers and Atlanta Falcons and bringing up the rear, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Well, so the Saints having like a career year or a franchise year, didn't they Didn't they have the division locked up by like week 10 or something absurd like that? I mean, yeah, this division did not perform very well last year. No. No, it was something wild like this. So obviously the Saints, <laughs> what, what can you say about oh, them? God, poor guys. I yeah. mean, they made a whole rule. They made a new rule about what they, happened. They to them, made a so. whole rule, and the entire city didn't watch the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the Saints are the Saints, and they. What can you say about them? I mean, honestly, they Drew Brees and what they built down there. I mean, truly remarkable. Mm-hmm. And obviously, as long as he is still playing at an elite level, they will contend and contend very, very easily. It, it's very much in the same vein that we we talked about New England Patriots in the last episode. You know, is Tom Brady still there? Is Bill Belichick still there? All right, they're good. The same can be said. Is Sean Payton still there? Is Drew Brees still there? All right, they're good. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about losses that a team have, you know, they lose Mark Ingram, but then they pick up Latavius Murray. So it's like yeah. half a dozen of another. You know, I mean, really, what did you lose in Ingram when you pick up Murray? Yeah. And then obviously picking up Jared Cook to round out the tight end position. I mean, this still is a very good team on paper in a division that they could still easily run away with. We'll say the first four games of the uh, season, they open against Houston at home, travel to the Rams in week two, travel to Seattle in week three, and then uh, play Dallas at home in week four. So obviously looking at what they have, Michael Thomas just got paid. Mm-hmm. So I, what can you say? Highest paid wide receiver in, or player in the league now? Yeah. Something I like mean, that, yeah. And he deserves it because the guy balled out last year. Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. Oh, yeah. Definitely worth the contract. No question about that. So you got to think, obviously, the Saints are going to be contending again, and they should run away with this division, in mm-hmm. my opinion. I wouldn't. I don't know about runaway, but they definitely will win it. Who for do you, sure. Who do you think steps up? I mean, Atlanta's right there. See, Atlanta, I always try buying into that, and I always try drinking that Kool-Aid, but every year they seem to let me down. Here's the biggest thing. Sarkeesian's Scar- Scar- out. Mm-hmm. So True. now the the rhythm of that offense that was literally being shot in the foot every drive because of his – play calling lack of ability is out of there so now matt ryan has a new lease on life if you ask me they have weapons there ridley you know Sanu, white julio Sanu, jones yeah julio are not white julio jones you know they've got weapons there that you cannot be unsuccessful with and unfortunately it's just when you're running a draw on second and 12 when the defense is already prepping for that you know that's that's the type of stuff when i'm talking about an offensive coordinator shooting you in a foot that was happening there. Mm. Now Matt Ryan's going to be able to to get the ball out to his playmakers and his wide receivers. And, you know, defensively, they were a solid team last year that only got better with the pickup of Adrian Claiborne. I mean, that's a defensive game changer right there. I mean, they definitely got some room to improve on defense. I mean, they were 28th in the NFL last year in total team defense. But that, to me, is kind of the biggest question mark is, okay, you know, the offense is by and large intact from what we've seen in the years past. You know, Devontae Freeman, Julio Jones, Mohamed Sanu. You know, okay, yeah, they've got the weapons there, but they I feel like they lost more games on the defensive side when Matt Ryan was kind of keeping them in it than anything else. Do they still have the New England hangover looming overhead? I mean, you know what I'm going to say. Coach, I mean, at this point, you have to move on. Yeah. I mean, whether you see a sports psychiatrist or whatever you need to do, at this point, you have to move on from that. That that cannot be an issue with this team moving forward. Otherwise, you should all retire. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be a very interesting first month of the season. They open at at Minnesota in week one. Week two, they play Philly at home. Uh, They travel to Indianapolis in week three. And then week four, they play Tennessee at home. 
I saw a Giants team that got destroyed by the Baltimore Ravens and then come out the next year and finish, you know, four and twelve or three and thirteen, whatever they did that following year. I've seen the Super Bowl hangover. And I understand that they were winning big twenty seven to three and they came back and unraveled, but you cannot hold on to that three years later. Oh my god. I I sorry guys, I just realized something. They've got their bye week week nine. This is pretty much I would say borderline unheard of. I think their entire divisional games are all in the second half. Really? They've got New Orleans week ten. Wow. Carolina week eleven. Tampa Bay week twelve. Uh New Orleans week thirteen. Carolina week fourteen. 49ers week 15, Jacksonville week 16, Tampa Bay week 17. That has not been done in a very long time. Oh, my so Lord. A few years ago, the Giants had, on the, after their bye week of the second half of the year, they had to play like Washington, Dallas, then a couple other outside, and then finish with Dallas again on week 17. So, yeah, not to this extent, but it's happened before. But that's very, very weird. That's absurd. Like You, you think about like not every game – being critical and not wanting to lose a game because it could make or break your season, that's it right there. It comes right down to it. I mean, yeah. you, when they start going to the division, and by this time, you got to think Tampa Bay is going to be established whatever team they're going to be. Is Jameis Winston the guy? Bruce Arians is now the head coach. Yep. What are you going to get out of that? I mean, he's going to let you stretch the field because that's what Bruce Arians likes to do. That is true. So he's going to test that arm of Jameis Winston real early. See what you got, kid. Yeah, I mean, and definitely with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin there, they have some guys that will go downfield and go get the ball. Yeah. So they have no reason not to put up points, but it all relies on what do you have out of Jameis Winston at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, I it's just so odd because he, the ups and downs that he's had, the inconsistency, it's just like why can't you put it together when you have the weapons that you do? You know, I mean, right. obviously they haven't had a you know an outstanding running game. And, you know, I know they put a lot of focus on defense there in Tampa Bay, and they always have, and they probably always will. But, I mean, now you got an offensive guy being your head coach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now is the time that if you're going to have the most consistent year, it's this year. Yeah. you got to think so. I mean, this is – I don't want to say it's a make-or-break year, especially with Arians just taking over, but – No, have, definitely not. I mean, well, listen, new coach, new system, you know, for a young guy like it is with Jameis Winston, I mean, this might – be make or break for him. Yeah, they're going to have to think of something because if they come out and wind up in last and they're contending right. for one of the quarterbacks coming out this next draft, mm. you got to think his job is on the line. For, uh, yeah, you have to. You have yeah. to. The eyebrows will be raised a little bit, you know, kind of like the, the the rock eyebrow raise of how things will go this year. But I think given the fact that it's a new cor- new head coach, new system, they might be able to the front office and those in, those the powers that be will be able to kind of, all right, let's, let's give this year a test. Let's see how it goes. If we do great. Awesome. If we don't, eh, let's give it a year and see how it goes. I think next year is the year where he's out. You know, Jameis Winston's job might be on the hot seat. Yeah, because they're going to have to f- figure out something and figure out something really quick. Because uh-huh. for them to contend, especially with the perennial powerhouses that are in the NFC South, they got to really step it up. I mean, they might be able to jump a little bit on Carolina because with Cam Newton coming off surgery, Cam, you just don't know. Yeah. And especially quarterback with a shoulder issue. Uh-huh. I mean, break it down for us. I, yeah, I mean, listen, I Carolina is also a team that you just can't stay consistent with because every year, every year you sit here and you think, all right, this is the year that yeah. they're gonna, you know, they're gonna take that leap and they're gonna make a run to the Super Bowl, and then every year, you know, they fall apart. And I really, I mean, the addition of Chris Hogan, I think, is going to be something that um, is should be talked about because I think he's going to bring a stability to yeah. the wide receiver core that he's, I mean. Cam Newton's never had. No. I mean, Kelvin Benjamin was supposed to be that guy and looked it that the early part of that rookie season. 
Then he got hurt in the preseason. But now having Chris Hogan is going to add stability to the wide receiver core. And I think that's going to help him progress his game. And he's not going to need to run the ball as much because Chris Hogan's going to be able to get open underneath. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Chris Hogan's a very good quarterback. I know I watched him for you know three years up in New England. I, just his biggest issue in New England was you know all the guys around him and and trying to flourish in a system where okay you have all these running backs that can catch you've got you know julian edelman who can catch and you had brandon cooks the one year who can catch and and all that and it was just kind of f- trying to find a spot for him right they're running the same position he was right yeah they're they're running the same position but you look at you know down in carolina i i definitely think he can flourish down there yeah him in the wide receiver core is going to be huge i yeah. think for cam newton but the question mark becomes, can Cam get him the ball? Is he going to try doing everything himself? Because you know, whatever wide receivers he's had, and he's right. had plenty come through there, it's always been Greg Olson, his number one target. Yeah. yeah, always. yeah. He ha- but he really hasn't had – I mean, David Funches was there. You know, like no, He's never really had anything at wide receiver that was like Mr. Consistency. You know, yeah, And sure. now he's got Christian McCaffrey. Now you've got Chris Hogan. He has weapons. He doesn't need to – you know, put it all on him anymore. Right. Like, he, like I said, he's got DJ Moore down there too, who's who's improving every year. Yeah. So oh, I mean, yeah. They, they have some weapons, and like I said, they they really haven't a, a true number one wide receiver down there since what Steve Smith. At least easy. Yeah. At least. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, for them, they got a lot of question marks, and obviously it all rides on Cam. I mean, if he is playing healthy, they have a chance to really make a run. Yeah. How far, though? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting first month of the season. They open at home against the Rams in week one. Week two, they play the uh, Buccaneers at home. Week three, they travel to Arizona. And then week four, they travel to Houston. Yeah, it'll be it'll be very, very interesting with New Orleans what Carolina is able to do. Because if they can push and and, and get at least into the you know wild card, yeah. they're going to be a team to contend with. Yeah, they definitely will. So that being said, who you got? I still got New Orleans winning the division. Yeah. I just, I there's, I mean, there's too much firepower there, you know, uh, offensively, and I think defensively they do enough just to get by. Uh, and then I'm going to go Carolina second. I'm going to go Tampa Bay, uh, or excuse me, I'm going to go Atlanta and uh, Carolina tied for second. Okay. And I actually have Atlanta edging out Carolina for a wild card position. I just think that they're going to finally get over this hangover and get back into the playoffs. And then I've got Tampa Bay bringing up. The rear and fourth. Okay. Uh, I, I'm with Coach. I've got New Orleans winning uh, the division again. You know, I haven't seen anything. Like I said, Drew Brees is still the quarterback. They're, they're, they're more than fine. Uh, I've got Atlanta finishing in second place, Carolina finishing in third, although just barely, you know, might have lost a game against them that really hurts them in the end game. Uh, and then Tampa Bay finishing in fourth. I got the Saints winning the division outright. I mean, Drew Brees and company, I mean, were what, one pass interference call away from winning and going yep. to the Super Bowl? Yep. Yeah, I mean, and obviously, that, I, yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. And I don't think it's going to affect them the way that people think it is. No, I think they're no. going to come back with vengeance. I think that they're going to come back and try dropping fifty on a team every game. <laughs> That'd be For incredible. Sure. I think that you remember how bitter Belichick was a couple of years ago. Yeah, after yeah, yeah. yeah. welcome to two point yeah. yeah, and I think that literally they're going to try putting fifty up. Let me just say, as a Patriots fan, that was fun to watch. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that was fun to watch. It was fun to watch if if I had them on my fantasy team and they weren't playing Buffalo. I was I was ecstatic. I was like, great. <laughs> Everything else, pff, forget that. I think you're going to see that with the Saints this year, though. I'm dead Could serious. Be. I think that they're going to come back and give the proverbial middle finger to every other team and the front office at the NFL for what happened. First play of week one, hail mary. I mean, seriously, the Houdat Nation is going to go 
bananas. Let's, uh, let's say Sean Payton is not one. We all know Sean Payton's tendency to go with crazy plays out the gate in 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 football games. We remember the Super Bowl against the Colts where he started the second half with an onside kick. Like I can totally see him doing something wild and crazy, like a flea flicker week one play one. Yeah, this is going to get absolutely wild for the Saints. The Saints are going to go bananas. They're going to have some fun. For my second place team, though, I am actually going to go out on a limb and take Tampa Bay. Okay. Bruce Arians always does good as his first year as a head coach. Yeah. I think that they're going to win some games they shouldn't. And okay. I think I think that they're going to sneak in there at the second place position. Third, I have to give to Atlanta by default. They just have too much talent. They'll contend. They'll, they'll hang in there. But I don't know at this stage if it's enough to get them over the hump and get them into a wild card talk. So I'm going to say they're winding up in third. And fourth, honestly, Carolina does really nothing for me. If Cam's coming off surgery – if he's not in that lineup, it don't. I mean, their backups don't really impress me enough that they're going to really hang in there. I think they'll they'll win some games here and there, but they could be in one of the quarterback position talks at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. But definitely, let us know what you think. Hit us up on that hashtag hashtag ODPH. What's your thoughts on the NFC South? We're going to come back talk a little NFC North with you here on the ODPH. Hi, this is Jimmy Gazdick from Crimson Brethren and Floodlands, and you're listening to ODPH. Coming back for another segment here on the ODPH, and we are talking NFC football. The NFL is kicking off very shortly, so we got to give our annual preview episode. So taking a look at the NFC North. Uh-huh. We got Green Bay. We got Minnesota. We got Detroit. We got Chicago. Coach, give us a breakdown. Here. Yeah, obviously Chicago won the division out of nowhere, I think arguably fair to say. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of people had Minnesota, you know, winning this division with the moves that they made the previous offseason, but new. No. Uh, then in second place, we had Minnesota finishing in second, um, then Green Bay, and then Detroit. So looking at this, I mean, obviously, Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, it's yep. a new era. Mike McCarthy is not there. The yep. implosion. The implosion that's going on there. Uh-huh. And now, where do you go from here? Matt LaFleur has taken over the reins, but you still have Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, arguably the best quarterback in the league. Hey, Aaron, yep. Yep, you, I mean, you can make that argument. So it really doesn't matter who you have in the wide receiver core. You got Devontae Adams, you know, Geronimo Allison. So you have players there. Yeah. In that position. The running game has always been a little suspect, but their offensive line is just holds enough. Yeah. And there's a lot of pressure on Rodgers to pull it off. Mm-hmm. Defensively, they bend but they don't break. I mean, some games they play really well and others you kind of really question. So that being said, Green Bay is going to – I mean, as long as Rodgers is on the field, they're going to be in there. Yeah. They're I mean, listen, if I have to pick a quarterback at the end of a game, you know, to, to give me a, a game-winning touchdown, obviously I'll go with Brady. But if I need, like, a end game – Eli Manning, right? Oh, of course. If I need an end game – I thought Daniel Jones. I mean, listen, Eli Manning's done it too here, if, all right? If I need an end game 60 – like, three seconds left, I need a 60-yard Hail Mary oh, yeah, in then coverage. Not, then that's I, not Eli. Then I want Aaron Rodgers. Like, it, I'm still picking Aaron Rodgers over Tom Brady in certain instances. Yeah, I mean, listen, Green Bay, this Matt LaFleur thing I think is very interesting dynamic because you're talking about, you know, a scheme and a system that's been with Aaron Rodgers since, you know – all 10 years or 13 years of his career. So, I mean, now losing, you know, that it's going to be very interesting. Yeah. Especially the fact that there was such the, 
uh, you know, just negativity yeah, around the organization, nasty. you know, mm -hmm. the venom that was there. Um, it was just not good. So it's going to be very interesting and very telling to see, you know, where this team goes from there. I mean, but my biggest thing is, you know, you look at the players that they lost with uh, Muhammad Wilkerson and Nick Perry and Clay Matthews, yeah. you know, those type of players, obviously trading haha -ha Clinton Dix in the middle of the year last year. I mean, Randall Cobb gone. You know, these were stalwarts that were built with this team, Randall Cobb obviously being a wide receiver. But the defensively, though, those guys that they lost, those were the pillars of their defense. So it's going to be very interesting to see what they can do on that side of the ball because they're obviously going to score. I mean, Aaron oh, Rodgers yeah. Yeah. can put up points on pretty much anybody in the NFL uh, even when he comes back from a you know an injury like against Chicago. So yeah. that's not the problem. It's defensively, what are they going to do? I, I think them losing uh, Clay Matthews is going to be the biggest thing that hurts them because that is a defensive stalwart, you know, and a longtime guy they had on that defense and really kind of the, the, the captain of that defense and, and the voice in that huddle on defense that, you know, they're going to need somebody to step up and, and fill that role. Will they find somebody? Maybe. Time will tell. But the, the intangibles that Clay Matthews brought, I think, are going to be sorely missed. Yeah, Clay Matthews was the captain of that defense. I mean, a hard soul. So the fact that he's not there anymore, yeah, it, it's a really telling sign of a, of a transition period for Green Bay. I yeah. mean, that's to see the defense get such a massive overhaul. Yeah, and obviously that could be what cost him some games. I mean, I think you take a look at the game against Chicago when they kicked off opening week. Chicago made the biggest acquisition in defense last yeah. year, Khalil Mack, and look yeah. how it turned uh, their whole team around. Oh, he balled out of his mind. Yeah. Can Green Bay do this with somebody else now filling the shoes? I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, it'll be an interesting opening month of the season. They start week one at Chicago. Week two, they are at home against Minnesota. Uh, week three is at home against Denver. And then week four is at home against Philly. So, I mean, they got a lot of questions to answer. That's mm -hmm. just point blank. Can Aaron Rodgers do it by himself? Now he's got to face Khalil Mack that much. Oof. Because I tell you what, Chicago, the biggest surprise of everybody last year. Yeah, yeah I mean, out of nowhere. Yeah, and I mean, if it wasn't for another bad kicker. I mean, we're talking a different story in the playoffs. Too. Yeah. So that being said, though, Trubisky, he's now, you know, what, third year now? Uh, I believe so. Yep. Is he ready to take that leap and really carry him over? Hard uh, to say. Maybe? I mean, maybe, but I'm just, you know, you don't, you're not scared by his arm. No. That, that's not going to, no. that's not going to do nothing against you. And then, you know, can he really keep running and making plays? I mean, maybe, maybe. I mean, but that whole you know running back core got turned over. You still got Cohen there, but I mean, after that, we got David Montgomery. Yeah, I mean, he's third round pick from what uh, Iowa or Iowa State. Yeah, yeah, he's from Midwest. So shout out to everybody out there. So that being said, <laughs> back you, on that. Huh? Yeah. Oh, I'm going <laughs> back on there. So, but that being said, they still have a talented team. Can they contend? I mean, that defense is lights out. So yeah. you can't go wrong with that. Yeah. No matter how you go. In comparison, is it enough to get them the division? I mean, we're going to be we're going to find out when they open the season. Of course, they open against Green Bay, like I mentioned. Week two, they travel to Denver. Week three, they travel to Washington, and then week four, they are at home against Minnesota. Their bye week is week six, and the interesting thing is coming out of the bye week, they play uh, New Orleans, Chargers, uh, and Philly, and then Detroit. Yeah, I mean, listen, they defensively are going to win games. And, I mean, really this could be like that Baltimore team that yeah. beat the Giants with Trent Dilfer as, yeah. you know, your starting wide, you know, your starting quarterback. You're only going to need to score 17 points Yeah, with the way that this defense plays. You know, maybe 20 at most. 
So I think that they can do that. Do they have a kicker that can do that? Put up the field goals? I don't know, but I don't know. Jury's they, out. Yeah, so didn't, they, I mean, didn't they just cut a kicker like yeah, a couple days ago? Yeah, they cut the Notre Dame kid. Um, yeah. So listen, I, I, I don't know. I, I there's a lot of question marks on this team. Defensively, they're very, very good. I mean, yeah. it's just what is Trubinsky going to be able to do that's going to be able to carry this team to the next level? Because that's where this team, they will go as far as uh, Trubinsky carries them. Trubinsky is definitely going to make that next step up and really start carrying the offense and, and kind of helping out the defense in in that if he doesn't make that next step and he's not able to like really get the offense on the field and chew some clock up, you're going to see a lot of uh, three and outs and then the defense is going to be on the field a lot, which is going to leave them gassed at the end of the game when it's crunch time and you need a guy like Khalil Mack just wreaking absolute havoc. Well, and he ain't got to worry about that because he's going to do it regardless. Well, well, yeah. I mean, he has the potential to be the league MVP this year, in my opinion. Uh, that's true. And he's going to have a lot of weight on his shoulders to do. Yeah. Trubisky, is he going to be the guy? I mean, that's that's the overall question because you're going to need an identity for that offense. Mm-hmm. Is he that? I mean, I think he's going to be the guy. I just don't think that he – like, again, he's not going to win you games and he's not going to – and he could lose you games. Yeah. So the thing is, is that – their defense is good enough to make up for the fact that he might throw an interception where other guys that we've said the same thing about don't have that luxury. They have good defenses, but they yeah. don't have this bear defense. Yeah. yeah. Um, so at the end of the day, do I think that they're going to win, you know, and make a run? No. Do I think that they're going to give teams a hard time though on their way to yes. the Super Bowl? Yes. Yes. I agree too. I mean, they got a lot riding onto it and it's a heck of an investment you know, where they took Trubisky in the draft, so they got to make sure they get some pay out there and definitely get some playoff wins out of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not a ninety million dollar investment <laughs> that Minnesota did with Kirk Cousins. <laughs> yeah. That's, so taking a look at that team, Cousins is back. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he has to be. Yeah. Well, yeah. He, he's locked in there. I mean, what can you say about Minnesota that sounds like a Lord Jr. has not said? Skull. Yes. I mean, I'll say it. They're a bad football team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day. You brought in a guy who you were assuming was going to win you a Super Bowl ring right away, and then he comes out and just throws duds. Mm-hmm. And then you you know you hear fact. I mean, you saw the arguments on the sidelines with the wide receivers. Mm-hmm. You know they're yeah. not getting along, and that's a problem. I say they're not going to have an easy time this season either. Their bye week isn't until week twelve. Yeah, so they have a lot of work to do. Cousins now has to really get a hold of that team. I mean, whatever is going to happen. Well, I mean, I mean, it's more than that. They got to come. They, them as a team need to figure out whatever the problems are and get that worked out. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Delvin Cook will be back. I mean, obviously, he's now has the sole position of running back. Latavius Murray is out of there. So yep. he, it's going to be his job to get that ball. Well, De- Delvin's Cook has to stay healthy, too. Yeah. That's and true, that's too. A, and that's another question they got. I mean, Thielen and Diggs are going to get you solid numbers no matter what. Rudolph's an adequate uh, tight end. So, Cousins has weapons. The defense is solid, but they've been shown to, I mean, I'm not going to say drop the ball, but underperform. Yeah, Yeah. they have that tendency to do that. So, I mean, anything is possible in that scenario. Yeah. I just don't know what you're going to exactly get. So, looking at them, I mean, they're not... They're not striking the fear they did a couple years ago when no. they had the big run and the miracle catch that Diggs ran to the you know to the to the house to get him to the NFC Championship. Right. Game. Yep. They're a step removed. Can they reclaim that step? I no. don't know. I, I don't think so. I mean that it's not looking good right now. No, they can't. I mean, do you think that they're in better position than Detroit? No, I don't. <laughs> Break it down for us. I I mean, listen. I think that while. Detroit has had its up and downs. 
I definitely think uh, Patricia 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 has built uh, and laid the groundworks and foundation of that Belichick style that first year, and you saw a lot of improvement from this team. Yeah. Yes, they lost some bad games, but they also were in some games that they probably shouldn't have been. Yeah. Matthew Stafford probably is not going to be the guy that gets them to the championship, unfortunately, which I'm sure Patricia would like him to be that guy because he'd probably like to have him in place. But at the end of the day, um, I, I don't think they have enough pieces to carry on, but at the same time, I think that they're in a better position than what Minnesota's in right now because their quarterback with Matthew Stafford isn't as much of a liability as Kirk Cousins is. Yeah, they, they definitely got some good things going on defense, and and that's Patricia. Patricia's a defensive guru. He's a defensive-minded guy. So even if it's not you know big, triple A, five-star rated you know names on defense, they will still ball out of their mind. He will still get the most out of those guys that he can get. I mean, that's what he did in New England. Look at the tape and look at the record. Offensively, though, I mean, you look at it, it's it's kind of like, a, okay, yeah, you got some names, but it's not exactly anything that's going, yeah, that, that's going to give you some real promise there. Yeah, Detroit's kind of a puzzling team. Yeah. They have the potential, but they just never seem to really bring it. No. I mean, Stafford does what he can. He's always been a team guy. He's never complained about the lack of a running game. Oh, no. yeah. You I know. mean, he's going to put his head through. I mean, he's going to put his head through a brick wall. Yeah, if you're a Lions you fan, know, I mean, <laughs> you have to love him. Yeah. And he definitely has... Never complained about you know being in Detroit. He's never asked for out, so he's yeah. going to give you everything he's got. Mm-hmm. But looking at that offense, I mean, what Kieran Johnson, C.J. Anderson, who they got from L.A. Yep. I mean, the running back core should be a little better. Theo Riddick's there. Wide receiver wise, I mean, they got what Danny Amendola if he can yep. stay healthy. Marvin yep. Jones. They have some pieces, and I know they traded or drafted high for T.J. Hawkinson. Who he could be the next coming, or he could be Eric Ebron when he was in Detroit. Yeah, I mean we don't know. Yeah, yeah. So if they can get that figured out, especially with the the defenses in that division, primarily Chicago. Mm-hmm. Chicago is your litmus test for defense. Yeah. If Stafford and company can put up some points against them, they shouldn't have too big of a time against the Green Bay's and Minnesotas. Right. Am I saying they're going to win the division? No. No. But am I saying can they contend in that division amongst the three other teams? Yes. I, yeah, I mean, I definitely think that – I mean, look at Chicago. This division slipped up, and then Chicago came out of nowhere. Yeah. Could that happen with Detroit? Why not? Yeah. I mean, why not? I mean, they've got a very solid defense that, you know, they've made some big pickups this offseason. They have a decent offense that, you know, if one of these teams slips up, they could very easily sneak their way into it. Yeah. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they pull this off. And obviously Patricia's got some work to do. Can he get the guys motivated enough that they can really make a run? Jury is out. But Mm -hmm. we'll give you our verdicts. Coach, how you got this division playing out? Yeah, I got Green Bay finishing in first. I've got Chicago getting my other wild card and finishing second. I then have Detroit and Minnesota fighting for fourth place. Yeah, I've got Green Bay winning the division. Uh Chicago finishing second, Minnesota finishing third, and then Detroit finishing in last. I'm agreeing with Coach. Oh, this is just scary how we are agreeing. I got Green Bay winning the division, Chicago winning the wild card. I mean, I feel brilliant, so you <laughs> should feel too if you agree with me. Yeah, I know, but this is just <laughs> this is just so weird. We're on the same wavelength about yeah. this. Daniel Jones. Ah! Um, <laughs> but no, but I but Aaron Rodgers is still king of the North. Mm-hmm. I mean, until somebody knocks him off. Khalil Mack is making a run for it. Though. I mean, Chicago knocked him off last year. Chicago could knock him off, but I think Trubisky, where he got lucky in some games, I don't think he's going to have the luck. Yeah, no, and I it, yeah. It just at the end of the day, 
their defense is very, very good. It's just not that. It's just it's great, but like it's you not. Gotta, it's not eighty six Bears. Yeah, and it's not the O four Ravens. I mean, yeah. you got to make up for the fact that you have a very you know suspect quarterback at best, and sometimes that's not going to be enough. Yeah, and Detroit, like I said, they should be all right with Stafford, but it's not going to be enough. I mean, to get them where they need to be in Minnesota, show me something, please. I mean, honestly. I, I want to see them do well. I mean, I'm not rooting against them. How about them. show up? Yeah. I mean, show I, me, show up. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm not saying it was the Bills' fault because the Bills, you know, punched them right in the mouth at home during that one game last year. <laughs> but I, but honestly, did they recover since? I mean, no. You, well, they haven't been the same since that NFC Championship game against Philly. True. Yeah. I mean that that one had so many high hopes on it, and then just uh, all kind of even fell with apart. the Kirk Cousins signing, it was like boom, and then the Buffalo thing happened, and then it was just like. Oh, the wheels came off. Yeah. yeah. So Minnesota got a lot of questions to answer, but we gave you our picks for the NFC North. Hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPH. Where is your predictions for this division going into the season? We got one more division to break down. So let's take a quick break and talk the NFC West when we come back. The ODPH is proud sponsors of Robocon 2019, happening September 28th and 29th. Don't miss out on Binghamton, New York's biggest sci-fi, fantasy, and gaming convention of the year. For badge details and more info, check out Robocon.org. Coming back for the final segment on this NFL preview edition, talking NFC West football here on the ODPH. So, Coach, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, last year we had the Los Angeles Rams winning uh, the division, finishing in first place, followed by the Seattle Seahawks. Then in third place you had the San Francisco 49ers and rounding up the rear, the Arizona Cardinals. Mm -hmm. So taking a look at it, the Rams went to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously. they Did did they show up? Well, they, they were physical attendance for the Super Bowl. Oh, they okay, were physical attendance. Go. I mean, the, if anything, the New England Patriots showed you how to beat that vaunted Los Angeles Rams defense, and that's just simply put a slot receiver in there like a Julian Edelman, <laughs> and he will run all over them. Yeah. You I don't mean, believe me? Look at the stats. i just saying, the Rams looked shell-shocked. Yeah. I mean, they just looked like they got punched in the mouth and had I no thought, idea how to retaliate. I thought that McVay was going to come out and just coach the game of his life, and he just... He let me down. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you, like I say, if you give Belichick two weeks to prepare for anybody, you need to play perfect. Uh, this is true like 98% of the time. Yeah. Uh, There's that, a few blips, but yeah. The yeah. 2% is Eli Manning. Yeah. <laughs> true. True story. Family <laughs> facts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Jared Goff emerged. Todd Gurley played out of his mind, even though he did start tailing off at the Ugh, end of the season. Stop. No. Oh, that's right, fantasy-wise. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, when you kind of throw that in there, it's, it really makes for a difficult situation of, like, where did it go wrong in that Super Bowl? But mm-hmm. they still had the weapons there. I mean, they still got Brandon Cooks. Cooper Cup is still, you know, Robert Woods. That wide receiver core is still looking yeah. at Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the only kind of question mark I have on the running back side is they don't have that security blanket for Todd Early behind them. No, I mean, they they got, what, Daryl Henderson? Yeah, that's, I mean, right now, penciled in at number two. Yeah, so, I mean, as a third-round draft choice, it's a solid pick. Yeah. And obviously you need to get Gurley some some assistance. Yeah. Just I mean, he's already put a lot of tread on the tires. Yeah. As I mean, they say. So the most telling thing to me is the losses defensively, because that yes. defense, especially up the middle, was pretty solid. Yeah. You know, now you're talking about losing Sue, um, you know, who was right there and and 
just defensively, it's what are they going to be able to do with the players aging? I mean, obviously Donaldson is, you know, up there with Khalil Mack as far as being an elite defender that mm-hmm. can change a game. But is he going to be able to do it on his own? Because, I mean, Sue was able to clog up the middle that Donaldson was able to kind of avoid some of the double teams. Yeah. Is that going to be the case this year? And, you know, their player, they're, they're getting older. I mean, Gurley touched the ball, I think, maybe 30%, 40% of the time last year as far as... Something like that. Yeah, as far as touches, which was the most touches in the NFL up until the point where he got injured. So, you know, what is that going to do for them as far as an offense? Yeah, well, you, you know, in Super Bowl hangover, that's yeah. the other factor, too. Well, it yeah. could be. I mean, Aaron Donald is going to be Aaron Donald. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No, no question about that. So, you know, the defense is going to definitely feel the loss of Sue. Yeah, that's going to hurt them. I think more than they want to even go into detail. Well, that's about. what I'm saying. Like that, he drew enough attention that they were able to get Donald into some uh, empty field, you know, with some space. That might not be the case this year. No, and I mean they're definitely going to get tested out the gate. They open week one at Carolina. Uh, they play New Orleans at home week two. Uh, they play. They travel to Cleveland in week three, and then week four they play Tampa Bay at home. So looking at that, I mean, LA's got a lot of questions. Can, yeah. they, can they repeat? Because I think last year they snuck up on a lot of teams. So <laughs> I remember that Giants game where they definitely didn't sneak up on anybody. They came knocked on the front door. Well, that's the th- <laughs> but no, but I think but you talk about the preseason though, and kind of looking at how they were coming in. Yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody. No, I mean, I, when we did our no. preview show, I definitely remember saying Seattle was going to be the class of the division, and Los <laughs> Angeles was going to be better. But we didn't think they were going to be this good. No, no, no way, no. this good. No, no way. So now. What do they have? Can they bounce back from the hangover? That's the ultimate question. I don't know if they can or not. I mean, it's possible. Jury's out. Looking at the division, I mean, they did have some key losses, but you also have to look at the other teams in the division that have key losses. Seattle comes right to mind. Oof. I mean, obviously, they went through a very big transitional stage, and, I mean, take a look at their wide receiver core. I mean, yeah. losing Doug Baldwin. Uh, huge. Huge. Yeah. And uh, Ru- Russell Westbrook got paid. Russell Wilson. Or Russell Wilson, sorry. Oh. Thinking Seattle basketball. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. We're talking hoops here. I'm looking at something. But no, but looking at Russell Wilson, he got paid. Yeah. And where is this team going to be moving forward? I mean, I I love the pick of DK Metcalf. That's That, that could be huge for them. That, no mean, pun intended. Losing Baldwin might be a loss, but I mean, when you get a wide receiver as dynamic as Metcalf, I think he can be. Um, I mean, that makes up for that. And then... Yeah, I mean, offensive line obviously is always a question mark. They always have. Yeah. They're always probably going to be. It's just not uh, an importance for them when you have a quarterback who can scramble and get outside the pocket and extend a play. Yeah. You know, you see a similar thing in Green Bay. They have a similar offensive line where it's just not a priority. They're going to be better this year. It's not going to be the worst offensive line that they've ever had, but it's not going to be, you know, an elite level. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, can they push Los Angeles for to win this division? I think so. Why not? Yeah, I mean, you, you like you said, the most interesting thing to me about this team is is their pick of DK Metcalf at wide receiver because I mean we've all talked about his size and his muscle and everything else. Like the man should arguably be down low playing against LeBron James and Anthony Anthony Davis in Los Angeles. Like yeah, I mean, he, running tight end. See, I'm not the only person thinking basketball. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> like he should be in the NBA down low contending for rebounds, but instead he's catching balls in in the NFL. That to me is probably the most interesting thing because I can't think of a time we've had a, we've had a receiver of his his physique show up in the NFL. I mean, Terrell Owens. Well, yeah, probably David Boston. 
I know. Uh, yeah, he was a big boy. I know I'm throwing it back with that one. Yeah. That, but when I see him, that's who comes to mind. Yeah. Tio, Tio was big, but Tio he's also was, a big frame, too. Yeah. Tio was big, but he also, did, like, I didn't see photos of him without a jersey or, or uh, I mean, David pads on and go, my God. Yeah. David Boston's really throwing it back. Yeah, yeah but I'm just name. saying, but you talk about yeah. a wide receiver that was just that physically built. Right. Yeah. I mean, Metcalf can fill that role, and he's going to need to, I think. I yeah. mean, you take a look at that team, and – I mean, Carson and Penny as your running back core, not really the scariest one-two punch, but they'll put up some yards. I mean, they just got to stay healthy. That's going to be the biggest question. I mean, you just got to get open. That's yeah. all you got to do. Russell Wilson's going to be able to get you the ball. Yeah, I mean. You just got to get true. open. With Wilson in there, they're definitely going to make something happen. And obviously, that home field advantage they have up in Seattle is oh, huge. 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 One, one of the best in all of sports. Mm-hmm. Is it enough, though? That is going to be the, the real factor. I mean, because with L.A., with the season they had, Seattle transition, definitely. Yes, yeah. I mean, Seattle really last year was such a year of flux. Yeah. You know, from probably thinking that they were going to be able to run away with the division to all of a sudden the Rams coming out and really having a a coming out party Uh as far as being the uh, dominant team in that division. So now you got to kind of look at it like, you know, where are we in this? And then San Francisco, you know, also right there on the cusp. Yeah. Of what are they going to be able to do? Because last year they were looking like they were going to win the division, and then Garoppolo went down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're another team that. I mean, the, what John Lynch has done as GM out there, you have to applaud because he has really been making some smart moves. I would say savvy. Yeah, I mean, I, I I can't disagree with that. I think the Garoppolo trade definitely came out a win for them. Yeah, because and obviously this is prior to him getting hurt, but. You know, there was a lot of question marks before that trade as far as what he was going to be able to do as a quarterback because he'd never played, you right. know, being behind Tom Brady. And then he comes out and plays lights out in the first four games of that two years ago. Yeah. And then he came out the gate hot last year until that injury. Yeah. yeah so if they can recapture some of that magic, and like I say, Frisco is coming on at the right time. The, they're kind of going in where the expectation level isn't through the roof. That they can make mistakes, but they really find their way. Well, I mean, to there's, a degree. Some, there's some expectations. Well, there's year. some, but I'm saying yeah. in comparison to uh, like the Rams. Right, say. right. Well, yeah, but the Rams are also coming off of a Super Bowl performance, and they're coming back yeah. with their quarterback tearing their ACL. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, there's going to be a lot of eyes on them and whatever they wind up doing. That the, first preseason game didn't make me have any confidence, though. No. no, no, it didn't. But I don't put any real stock in preseason. I mean, that's just me. I, I mean, I don't put any stock into it either. But when you throw three interceptions, yep. and go one for thirteen, yep. I've got an issue with that. I say normal, normal circumstances. If it's like, all right, you're you're two of five, one of six, and like you got a pick and maybe a touchdown, and I'll, you only did one drive. Okay, that's fine. That's that's okay. That's it's preseason. But like coach said, when you've got those stats and it's one game and it's preseason, ah, eyebrows are raised a little. bit. I mean, you're definitely. To throw three interceptions like that in a preseason game, there's definitely a lack of confidence in yeah. yourself. I'll say, cause you're not because exa- you're probably getting pressured and you're throwing the ball. I'm saying you're not exactly facing you know every starting player on the opposing defense. I mean, my God, Daniel Jones went five for five against the Jets' second string defense. Okay, I mean, people, you do know, they make the trade? I, I didn't hear that. <laughs> do you make the trade? <laughs> do it. Yeah. <laughs> But with Frisco, I mean, they have a lot going on. The Niners, I think, can really make some moves this year. I think they're going to be a sleeper team to watch. I think, yeah, if you want to talk about how, like, the Bills could be a sleeper in the AFC, I think that San Francisco is easily as comparable to the Bills as any other team. They're not going to have an easy season either because their bye week is week four. See, I would much rather get – I mean, I know it's a tangent, but I'd much rather have a week 12 bye than a week four bye. Yeah. Yeah. 
Because, I mean, you're just coming off a of preseason. You know, you probably three didn't week, play it all week Three four. weeks and, hey, have a one-week vacation. Yeah, and yeah. then, boom, you got 13 straight weeks of getting your head kicked in. Yeah, it's like you're, it's like you're working your job and you, you had a day off. And it's like, oh, hey, you work a day, you work a shift. And, oh, hey, you, you got a day off tomorrow. Yeah. What was the point? Yeah, the bye weeks are always kind of interesting how they map them out. So, for, for San Francisco, they, they can definitely sneak in. And, I mean, they don't have an easy road coming out. But can they really make a run? It's going to be interesting to watch on their end, but I think a lot of eyes are going to be pointed towards Arizona uh-huh. <laughs> to make the big move of getting Kyler Murray yep. as the number one pick. Uh huh. We did have talked about this on previous episodes. You can go through the catalog and listen where we stand on that. But obviously with the new head coach in there, with uh, Cliff Kingsbury, this is a very – <laughs> I mean, I what can you say? It's going to be know? an interesting year. Yeah. yeah. They're going to be a complex team to talk about. And and that's just being honest. That's, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's putting it nicely. Yeah. Because, I mean, you still have David Johnson. if he can, yeah. And if he didn't get hurt, uh, he still is putting up numbers with one of the worst offensive lines in the league. Yeah, oh. but here's the problem, though. Is Klingsbury going to give him the ball? Well, now we don't know. Yeah. See, now it's that weird phase where we kind of go, what are they going to do? Because you have a new coach in. It's not really his style. He likes airing the ball out. Why? Well, that's what he's known for. Yeah, that's but, what he was at Texas Tech. Right. So what? I mean, and but that's the thing though. When when you bring him in, I feel like you have to like you know when you interview him, know his style and system, and know that you have arguably a top ten running back in David Johnson. Top ten is that fair to say? Yeah. So you got to utilize your weapons, and if that's one of your weapons, you have to use them. And is he good at catching the ball out of the backfield? Absolutely. He's probably one of the better ones in the NFL, but at the end of the day, he's a north-south guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it can't just be north-south out of a shotgun. It's got to be north-south out of a single back, out of an eye formation. He's got to be lined up behind the quarterback. When Whether that's the pistol or whatever, it's fine, but he's got to be behind the quarterback. It can't just be a handoff to the right and then go. That's yeah. It's going to be kind of interesting to see how this factors in because especially if you're looking at the wide receiver core, you still have Larry Fitzgerald there. Uh huh. But he's in Father uh, Time. Yeah, Father Time is up against him as well. You have Kristen Kirk and you have Andy Isabella, and then your tight end. You have Ricky Seals Jones and Charles Clay is on that roster too. Interesting. So that being said, you still have Chandler Jones on the defensive who's side of the ball. Beast. Who's yeah? Who's playing? He's a beast. Lights out out there. Where does Arizona fit in this equation? If I'm seeing this right, they also got T. Sizzle. Uh, yep, uh, Terrell Suggs yeah. is out there. T. Sizzle's there. So, I mean, obviously they've added a couple parts out there. I mean, where they fit to me is the fourth place. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right now. But, I mean, depending on where they finish and what they do in the draft next year and how um, – my biggest X factor isn't Kyler Murray. It's not the defense side of the ball. It's not David Johnson. It's Clingsbury's play call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my question mark because yeah. the preseason's only going to show you so much that I actually want to see it executed in week one of the season. And I want to see what that's going to look like. I want to see how often they're going to run the shotgun. I want to see how often they're going to run you know, a 12 package or 11 package. Are they going to have two tight ends in the game? They're probably not going to use a fullback, but are they at least put in two tight ends so they can run the ball? Those are the things that I want to know. He's really going to have to switch up the offense and really show us something. Yeah. Because... Right now, I mean, you have the number one draft pick. You got rid of Josh Rosen. You've basically hit the reset button. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're at level one, so where do we go from here? That being said, Coach, who's your predictions for this division? All right, so I got the Rams repeating as division champions. I I honestly, I mean, Seattle, San Francisco, that Garoppolo performance really scares me. Yeah. So 
I'm going to lean Seattle finishing second with San Francisco a close third and Arizona fourth. I'm going to go with Seattle winning the division uh, this year just because I think the Rams, I, th- I think it's going to be a little bit of Super Bowl hangover. Uh, you look at their performance and how vaunted and how, you know, dignified or whatever the phrase you want to use is, how, how glorified they were. I, I think it's really a shock to the system that they got beat like that. So I think Seattle's going to beat them out. Los Angeles will finish second. Uh, and then I've got the Arizona Cardinals finishing third and then the San Francisco 49ers finishing fourth. Whoa. Had to come up with that hot take. Whoa. Love that energy. Yeah. All right. So for me, I'm taking the Rams to win this division. I am going to take the San Francisco 49ers at second. At okay. Two. Okay. Um, I mean, just I, I'm not judging the the preseason game. I know right. I know it was bad, but you know players always have bad games. Yeah. Can they rebound enough? I think they have enough talent that they could squeak by and get two. Seattle, I think, is a lock right behind them. Like I think it could be like another. Right. You know, That's why I said San yeah, Fran, yeah. Seattle, no, interchange them. I don't yeah, care. But I'm with you. Yeah. But I like I like Frisco just a little bit better. I I just I like the 49ers sure. just just a hair better. But because I really want to see how Russell Wilson adapts to the offense, especially without Doug Baldwin. That's where I'm really kind of waiting to see how he plays out, and then Arizona, you got to show me something. Mm-hmm. I I really kind of need to find out what this identity of this team is going to be. Fair. Kyler Murray was debating about playing baseball, so you took somebody that wasn't fully all in at the time as your number one guy that you think he's going to be fully committed to your team. I hope he is. I'm not rooting against Arizona. Shout out to everybody out there. I am just saying, show me something that you can utilize David Johnson as the guy and get back to prominence. Until you do, I'm saying I'm penciling in for last place. Fair enough. That being said, one fantasy pick from the NFC before we give our final predictions and Super Bowl winner. Okay. Starting with Coach. Uh, I mean, as far as like a a fantasy pickup, I think you can lean. I mean, Evan Ingram, again, I think is kind of an obvious pick because, again, somebody's got to catch the ball in New York. Uh, I'm going to go with the – I'm sorry, I just had him. Uh, I'm going to go with the rookie, Miles Sanders, out okay. of Philly. Uh, I've heard a lot of you know what they've been reporting at camp that, yeah, the job is going to be Jordan Howard's, but they do love this kid, and they're going to get try and get him touches. So, again, it might not be somebody that's going to help you you know, week three, week four, but week, se- week 15, 16, 17, when you're pushing for the playoffs and you got injuries, that might be a name that you want to look for. I'm going to go with Chris Hogan down in Carolina just because, like I said, when we were previewing the NFC South Division, he was very good in New England. He was able to get a lot of good things done in New England, but he was kind of stifled a little bit by all the other weapons they had around him. I think he's in a system now where there isn't as many. There's definitely some uh, weapons around him, but there's not as many as they had in New England and not as many pass catchers and and ball runners as they had in New England. I think that's definitely a guy you can look at. And also anyone on the offensive ball for New, uh, the New Orleans Saints. I I think that's an obvious pick. Like it, like where Cleveland will be the heavy pick in the AFC for fantasy players, New Orleans just load up on everybody you can down there. <laughs> but if I have to give one player, I'm going to go D uh DK Metcalf. Okay. I think that Russell Wilson will utilize him and honestly with his size, he should be able to box out defenders and get, yeah, get oh, a yeah. lot of touches. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, he's going to be throwing people around. He should anyway. So as long as he can stay healthy, I think he's got a good chance for rookie of the year. Yeah, I think he'll put up great numbers. I don't think you're going to have like a record-setting year by any no. chance. But I think amongst the rookies, he's the guy you want to go get. Yeah. That being said, let's break down the divisions and our Super Bowl winner as well. All right. Starting with Coach. So I got Philly winning the NFC East. I've got Green Bay winning the NFC North. I've uh, 
Los Angeles winning the West and then the Saints winning the South with Atlanta and then Chicago in my wild cards. I've got Green Bay and Chicago finishing and playing in the Super Bowl. Or the, Super Bowl, sorry, the NFC Championship game. That, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I re, I'm fuck. I'm tired. I've got New Orleans, and then I've got Chicago making it to the NFC Championship game okay. with New Orleans winning, Okay. playing Kansas City in the Super Bowl. Thank you. That would, that would be, if that ends up happening, that would be the wildest turnaround from last year's Super Bowl where it was such a low-scoring affair, and everyone was kind of complaining that there wasn't much scoring, to two of the most prolific offenses on last year. Who do you got winning? I have New the Orleans fans. winning. The fans winning? The fans yes, winning. the fans. No, I've got New Orleans. I think okay. New Orleans, I don't think that they're going to have an issue just coming out and just, like we've talked about, slaughtering teams, and I think they're going to do it. Okay. Pad? Uh, like I said, I've got the Philadelphia Eagles winning the NFC East. I've got the Green Bay Packers winning the NFC North. The New Orleans Saints winning the NFC South. And the Seattle Seahawks winning the NFC uh, West. Wildcard one is hard for me just because it, it's, yeah, you know, I kind of, I think the Chicago Bears are going to come out of the NFC North as one of the wildcard teams. And then I think the, you might see the LA Rams uh, sneak out with the final wildcard spot, although I can very easily see that being a first round uh, bounce out of the playoffs for them. Uh, in terms of the NFC Championship game, I'm going to say it's going to be the New Orleans Saints and the Green Bay Packers in the NFC Championship game with the uh, Green Bay Packers defeating the uh, New Orleans Saints and facing, like I said in the last episode, New England Patriots in the Super Bowl, and I'm going to say with the Patriots winning the Super Bowl. Wait, so Rodgers versus Brady finally. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I, listen, I want to see that as much as everyone else does. I know. I'm not. I'm not making fun of it. I was yeah. just like, all right, we finally are going to see that possibly. Yeah. All right. So for me, I got Philly winning the NFC East with Dallas winning the wild card. Okay. I have Green Bay winning the NFC North with Chicago winning that wild card. I have the Saints winning the NFC South and the Rams winning the West. Okay. And I have out of this whole mess, the New Orleans Saints putting up record numbers and avenging any pass interference just trucking through everybody yeah i i yeah like, i don't disagree yeah i really i really see a team that's going to be vengeful yeah and i i could see them facing philly in the nfc championship game and just it could be a 21 point blowout yeah yeah I, I, like i think because new orleans not that philly is going to play bad at all I just think that New Orleans is going to come in with the biggest chip on their shoulder uh -huh. and just see red everywhere mm -hmm. and want to go t for the jugular and just annihilate teams. So for my Super Bowl pick, it's going to be a black and yellow one because I have oh Pittsburgh. Oh, my God. I have Pittsburgh. No. No, I took Pittsburgh last one, but I'm taking. I know the, you did. I'm taking the Saints in this one. Oh, oh. okay. Yeah, we're playing. Who did you think? I, I mean, mean, they're black and gold, but okay. You know, black, black and, and yellow. yellow. Well, black and gold, black and sure, yellow. Sure, sure. Yeah, they're interchangeable. Yes. Except if you're a main animal Spartan, and it's definitely gold. Yes. Either way, <laughs> my, my, my pick is Pittsburgh, and my pick is New Orleans. It's okay. See, so I did pick Pittsburgh. So I was throwing my arms up in air for a reason. There you are. I told you last episode I was. If you listened to last episode, which I, I highly recommend you do. <laughs> oh, my God. We've been recording for a few hours, folks. So just bear with us. I'll say before we finish up here, I do want to point out uh, the Thanksgiving Day games because I know those are ones a lot of people have circled. Uh, this year it is the Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions at 1230 p.m. on Fox. Okay, good nap time. 
Uh, you've got the Buffalo Bills at the Dallas Cowboys at 4.30 Ooh. on CBS. I mean, for you, that's going to be a Hell game. yeah. I'm taking I'm a nap excited for that, that one. one. And then to close out the day, you've got the New Orleans Saints at the Atlanta Falcons at 8.20 on NBC. That'll be a fun one to close oh, out. Oh, yeah. Well, see, be. that's the only game. Like, I, Yeah, I was not happy with the uh, these games this year. I'm all right for Buffalo getting there yeah, finally. Buffalo should be interesting. Buffalo hasn't played there since the, long the Jim Kelly era. At least. So I'm excited to see it. Yeah. Could, could uh, Josh Allen get one of those Thanksgiving Day uh, trophies they hand out? All right. Who's winning the Super Bowl? I hope so. Now that I'm st- let me guess. Uh, Pittsburgh. No. Ooh. No. Drew Brees and company are going to continue the road of vengeance or whatever you want to define it as. You are not welcome in Cleveland right now, by the way. I, I can <laughs> hear them now. Well, I, Baker I, Mayfield is screaming your name in the in the locker room right now. Hey, listen, if Cleveland gets there, I'd be okay with it. But I don't. It doesn't matter who gets there, honestly. Drew Brees and company are going to be wanting to send a message to the NFL. This is much like when Brady and company wanted to send the message after Deflategate. Yeah, yeah. You're, and you are going to see a very vindictive team, a very focused team, and as long as Drew Brees can physically throw the ball more than twenty yards, <laughs> a high-scoring team. Sure, because I know, like last season, he lost a little zip on the ball, but was it crucial? No. I mean, that zip was very well made up for by that run and running game. Yeah, so I think they'll be more than adequately capable of putting up some points. So, like I said, this is going to be like. It could be like a forty-one to thirty-six game. Yeah, for the Super Bowl, easily, easily. Pittsburgh is going to be playing, like I said, without the shadow of Le'Veon and AB following them. They're going to be playing fun football, and if they can beat Cleveland to get there, it, it'll just show that they're back. If they don't, well, it doesn't matter. New Orleans is winning the chip, period, and you can't tell me otherwise right now. But as we dig into the season, you know we're definitely going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about it on Locks and Leaps, which we'll be announcing the names this week on Facebook. Who's invited to participate? I got to defend my chip. Yes, you do. Ugh. So I'm we so mad by that too. So, ah. so we will be announcing that on Facebook. So definitely check out our social media accounts. You can find them on ochoduroparlayhour.com. The music you heard this episode is at a Fair City Fire, and you can find links for all the music you hear on the same webpage as well. You can also find out about the blogs. We'll definitely have some uh, other non-NFL topics up this weekend on Parlay Points, so definitely check that out. Final thoughts on the NFL season before we close out. Coach. I'm just glad football's back. I, I miss it. I miss her so much. She's such a nice, delicate flower in my life that Saturday and Sundays are going to be busy again. So I'm glad to have football back. It'll be nice to see another banner raised in Foxborough. But at the same token, the Yankees are in the playoff contention. So I've got that going for me. It's a good time of year. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I have to root for is Notre Dame right now because, I mean, just the Giants are going to be bad. So at least I got them Irish, baby. Fall sports is a great time of year. Uh-huh. I mean, a diehard Yankee through and through. Yeah. So obviously when the Yankees are winning, yeah, baseball is fun to watch. <laughs> For the Bills, <laughs> that's the only way baseball's fun to watch. Oh, is yes, if the Yankees is. are winning, yes. this is true. If, if it's not, if it's not, <laughs> I ain't got no time. I got no time. I started looking at fantasy football teams. Oh man! But that being said, the Bills are going to look like an actual, you know, turnaround. They could contend. Bills Mafia, get the tables ready. What's that look like? Oh, we'll show you. Ouch! We're going to show you this season. Ouch! I forgot. It's yeah, been, it's been so long. It's all right. You got Daniel Jones to guide the way. <laughs> but football is just a great time to get involved if you're doing fantasy football. You know, good luck to your teams this year. And if you're not, you should definitely check it out. I mean, it's definitely worthwhile if you really want to get into the NFL. Albeit, though, it will consume you. Yeah. It consumes yeah. you a lot. Yeah. 
Coach, Coach, and I could do an actual Patreon blog about this. Yo, I mean, waiver wire Tuesday mornings is like uh, the most dreaded time of the week. Rough. Yeah, it definitely is, but it's definitely a fun time if you're into sports to definitely get involved and check it out. We gave you a lot of reasons to go do it. So hey. Let us know how your team is going to do this season. Hit us up on our social media. Hashtag ODPH. Sound off about your team. We definitely want to know about it. Because that's all we got for this week. So for your coach, my coach, the coach, Coach Duffy. Good night and enjoy football. For Padawan J. Daniel Jones. Ah! I'm your host, Kenan. Thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. We'll see you next time. <laughs>